Gresham College presents 25 Years of London's Maritime Cluster Through the Eyes of an Academic by Professor Costas Gromenos. My 688 Lord Mayor, Lord Mount Evans, Lord Serling, Sheriffs, Chairman. Vice-Chancellor Paul Curran, do you accept public congratulations for being appointed Knight Bachelor in the New Year's um, honours? Emeritus Secretary General of IMO, distinguished ladies and gentlemen, my presentation today is a journey which commenced in the 1970s and continues until today. Its theme is 35 years of London's maritime cluster through the eyes of an academic. During this period, I have been heavily involved in research and some participation to developments regarding this cluster. I have taken actions, I have made a great deal of analysis. Because it is a lengthy period, I'm referring to the facts very briefly and my comments equally brief. I commence with a synopsis of my presentation in the hope it will make it clearer. Thus, I will refer to my meeting in 1982 with the then newly appointed Dean of City University Business School. The results from the meeting and the establishment of the center and the homonymous MSc in Shipping Trade and Finance. The MSc students debates in the class on the future of maritime London in the 1980s and 1990s, which I organized. The new model of clusters of Professor Michael Potter at, of Harvard University, and his main message on the importance of competitiveness and innovation for the co continuity of clusters. The study of a number of regional and international maritime clusters, which we undertook in 2004, 2005, 2006, and 2007, with our 20 MSc students, using the Porter's theory. Tonight, I utilize them for a few brief observations on a couple of issues, referring to today's maritime London cluster. In addition, I will refer to the contribution of City University Center for Ship Trade and Finance to the cluster from the innovation point of view. And finally, I will finish with a few, again, brief observations. The pivotal part of my presentation is the three attachments of the cluster. You must have some attach attachments which refer to my speech. As were constructed in 1983, 1992, and 2016. I refer to the handouts you have been given. Unfortunately, we cannot have here, you know, a, a screen. So. 
I will, of course, fully discuss my journey in this great place, the city of London, with an extensive analysis and a publication sometime in the future. I have to say that from the very beginning of my academic career, the city of London has had a major impact on me and has imposed upon me as an important research topic. In the early 1970s, when I was working at the National Bank of Greece in London, one of my tasks was to assist in the preparation of multinational bank consortium for financing the shipping industry. At the same time, I was conducting research on bank shipping finance, which was, was going to be published by the University of Wales Press within the series Bangor Occasional Papers in Economics under the editorship of the late Professor Jack Rebel. In 1979, these two tasks were an integral part of my understanding the role of London as the world maritime capital and led me to the creation of the Center for Shipping Trade and Finance and the MSc in Shipping Trade and Finance at the then City University Business School, now known as CAS Business School. On the 29th March 1982, I had a lunch with Professor Brian Griffiths, the very newly appointed Dean of City University Business School. We discussed positively the possibility of cooperation and we agreed he could make a proposal for me to become a visiting professor in shipping and finance. And later, we would discuss the creation of an academic center in the area, in this area. Meanwhile, we said that four course units would be offered within the newly established executive MBA, as you can see in attachment number one. You will see the electives at the end, shipping finance and also. On Tuesday, 26 June 1983, almost a year after becoming a visiting professor to the school, a welcome reception was given by the dean in my honor. It was that day I presented to Brian my concept of maritime cluster of the city of London as illustrated in attachment number two. You will see it is handwritten and As you see, the epicenter is the circle of ship owners. And the, its satellites include charters, oil and trading companies, ship brokers, insurance, insurance, insurance brokers, underwriters, P&I clubs, law, accountants, banks, shipyards, producers of maritime equipment, technical offices, classification, IMO. On the right-hand side, as you can see, I had put down notes for discussion, which is a short commentary of single words on the importance of the City of London cluster. The notes refer to the following leakages, cooperation, competition within the cluster that keeps them on their toes. I have put... <laughs> I, I, I have translated the, the, the Greek expression on foot nails, so they are foot nails, but I put it here. <laughs> and uh, knowledge, new ideas, a great pool of talent, tradition, 
in certain areas, lack of university degrees, but valid professional qualifications, problems in the building sector, we should not get involved with technical issues. Attachment number three, and the discussion with Brian Griffiths, now Lord Griffiths, led in 1984 to the establishment of a part-time and the following year a full-time MSc in Shipping Trade and Finance. As you can see, the maritime cluster is fully reflected in this one-year MSc program, the three interlinked circles. Before I move to the next point, I would like to say that this degree was a very new approach to shipping and international business and clearly an important educational innovator, innovation. I will refer to this and return later. In the late 1980s and 1990s, as part of the MSc syllabus, I organized a number of student debates on the future of London and a few other topics. The notion of the debate was this house believes that the city of London will remain the international maritime center for the foreseeable future. Many students debated over the future of London during these years. Attachment number four is one of the many photographs showing a young Ser Stelios Hadzioanu debating on the subject in 1988. I believe the comments written on the blackboard were from the previous debate. <laughs> Next to him is Arjun Batra, who became the owner of Drury Shipping Consultants and Publication, and on the left, Peter Tech. Hoi Yeo, he's a Dato Knight, an entrepreneur in Malaysia. In 1988, I gave a lecture at City University Business School, and in 1992, a lecture on London and international maritime capital, an examination of its maritime cluster, organized by the Royal Institute of Naval Architects at Lloyd's Register. Attachment, attachment number five presents the City of London Maritime Cluster as I believe it was at the time. Number five. As you see, there is an important difference with attachment number two, that is to say, the one which I gave to Brian Griffiths in 1983. Instead of the Sipones being in the center, we now have a triangle consisting of ship owners, charters, and ship brokers. I included ship brokers because they started to initiate supply of the new products, such as research, and then later on other products. These are the core components of the cluster, while the other members, satellites, satisfy the demand originating from ship owners and charters. A break in one of the sides of the triangle weakens the overall position of the cluster. You may also see that shipyards are not included since the shipbuilding sector has been fading out. 
Meanwhile, in 1990, Professor Michael Porter published his seminal book, The Competitive Advantage of Nations, where the concept of cluster was discussed. He defined the cluster as geographic concentration of interconnected companies, specialized suppliers, service providers, firms in related industries, and associated institutions, in particular fields that compete but also cooperate. Michael Porter, Porter created a framework called the Diamond Model, where he presents his four key determinants associated with the clusters. Factor conditions, first determinant, in higher concentration, such as skilled labor force, capital, infrastructure, education, research, technology, may lead to more competition and innovation. They will have an impact on a firm's strategy, structure, and rivalry, and this is the second determinant, strategy, structure, and rivalry, and they will put pressure for innovation in business. Innovation and competition bring more supply providers and demand creators, even small ones, which join the cluster due to these business opportunities. The cluster assists the entry of larger firms, which contribute their related and supporting industry, related and supporting industry, third key determinant of the cluster. In addition, cluster demand conditions, demand conditions, fourth and last key determinant, put more pressure on local supply firms to continu continuously compete and innovate. Finally, government policies are part of the diamond model since they may have a positive or negative impact on the clusters. I do not intend to lecture on the theory of Porter tonight, but I do want to emphasize in synopsis his message that the actors in a cluster, when in a critical mass, should continue to upgrade their status through imitation, sharp competition, cooperation, diffusion of knowledge, and finally innovation, in order to secure a strong international and sustainable competitive advantage. Because that is what it is required international competitiveness. In 2004, 2005, 2006, and 2007, I continue my work in clusters, and we undertook studies in a number of international and regional maritime clusters. The authors were MSc students who wrote dissertation under my supervision, on the following clusters, Houston in the USA, New York, Oslo, Hamburg, Piraeus, Istanbul, Seoul, Shanghai, Hong Kong, and Singapore. 
and naturally London. 20 students were involved and visited all these places where they met with more than 800 representatives of local shipping companies, shipbrokers, charters, accountants, bankers, investors, law firms, technical companies, classification societies, and shipyards. They also sent out structural questionnaires based on the Porter's cluster theory, which were almost identical and received replies from more than 2,000 business units. I will mention only one of the questions. If your company competes internationally, where do you face the most competition? Six international centers were mentioned, and the majority of the replies was, of course, London. I will now continue by briefly utilizing the material from the London cluster interviews, which I have recently updated myself by telephone discussions. I will only look at the factor conditions since this Porter's model determinant is of great importance for the creation, maintenance, and upgrade of an international competitive cluster. As mentioned earlier, these are skilled labor, capital, infrastructure, and governmental policy, and a few other things, but these are the, the main ones. The interviewees emphatically said that highly skilled and competent labor, either at the top managerial level or at a lower one, is sine qua non for the cluster's competitiveness. In the city of London, there is in abundance competent staff. However, there is an anxiety regarding the provision of technical staff in the future. For maintaining and increasing the competitiveness of the cluster and the creation of further innovation, it is imperative to have competent staff. As far as education and research is concerned, the role of the excellent British University was mentioned. Access to capital. Here is an area that we have a change in the views of the replies. The reason is the recent gradually fading out of a number of banks financing the shipping industry due to new capital adequacy rules. In addition, the neglect of the capital markets as a source for shipping finance in London. An example of, the, of a new initiative taken in Oslo is where we have a couple of innovative movements in the last eight years. The utilization of the high-yield bond market as a source for medium-term finance for shipping companies in need, and the over-the-counter market for raising equity. Regarding the governmental assistance, 
One of the truly destabilizing government decisions is that of changing the status of non-DOM persons, companies, and from 2016-17 will be taxed on their worldwide income. This applies to various cities, city communities, and the effects have already been seen in the transfer of shipping companies, trading companies, hedge funds, bankers, and other individuals to other locations. Referring, but I believe Dr. Chakos, uh, as entrepreneur and uh, chairman of Itertanko, is, is going to say a few words on this area. Referring to the infrastructure, the majority of the interviewees, while they were happy, they mentioned the high cost of running offices and living expenses. The access to top-class specialists was another comment outside the questionnaire. Allow me now to turn your attention to one different but very relevant topic, the innovation, academic innovation, and I will concentrate the innovation we at the Center for Civic Trade and Finance brought to the city cluster, innovation as I have witnessed over a period of 34 years of professorship. The MSc degree that we offered in 1984 was a totally new academic approach to the study and analysis of shipping trade and finance industry. We gave leadership in education to the market and the market followed and strengthened us, strengthened us a lot. We established shipping finance through our published research as a new academic area, and we introduced commodity trade under the leadership of Dr. Stofford for the first 10 years, and later Professor Mike Tambakis, who changed the title and extended the content into commodity trade and finance, and also wrote the first book on this topic, which is used extensively and widely. Under the supervision of Professor Manolis Kavusanos and through his own PhD thesis, Professor Nikos Nomikos introduced shipping risk management as a new independent area of study. And together with Professor Amir Alizadeh, we were the first to, book, to look at the importance of risk management in general for shipping companies, looking not only the FFAs, but at all other risks that affect the performance of shipping companies, such as banker, financial interest rate, uh, for Forex. While the younger generation, Dr. Nikos Papapostolo and Dr. Panos Pouliasis, continued and expanded their research in this area that had been created, we diffused our published research information to the cluster through our links with shipping companies, banks, ship brokers, institutions, such as the Baltic Exchange, through the unique British institution of the external examiner to other academic institutions. We diffused it further through our own academic conferences and our own, no tickets, no paying, the conference, this conference, and our own major meetings in London where policymakers, business representatives, and academics gather to discuss important issues relevant to all. We also diffused our innovation through our personal contacts, 
frequent communication with representatives of institutions and extensive networking, which has been developed over the years. I'm repeating that the essence of clustering, and I'm repeating again, the essence of clustering is the creation of linked relationships, both not contracted and contracted through competition and competition and cooperation in order to create innovation and establish and upgrade the cluster. The cluster then becomes internationally competitive and for a period of time it is immune for a period of time and difficult to be replicated. However, to remain the competitive advantage, complacency should be avoided. Having referred to education's innovative contribution to the cluster, I want to show you how I now perceive the City of London cluster and its core components. As you see in attachment number six, we now have a fourth core activity, education. Because education and research prove to be a serious innovation creator for the cluster of the CPO in London. I have in my mind, for instance, Southampton University and the cooperation between Southampton and Lloyd's Register. They produce their excellent work, simple as that. This is innovation. You can see now the linkages between the four core components and their satellites. My journey in time is coming to an end. Looking at attachment six, we know that the number of siponers has decreased because a number of them have moved to other places. We also know the trading companies have done the same. Some of the banks following a decent disintermediation process are finding out in the provision of shipping finance. Insurance has decreased, not much, but has decreased in size. But on the other hand, the large companies such as ship brokers have shown initiative and innovation. They have expanded their products and followed their customers and explored places where trade is stronger. Large law offices, firms, or the smaller, more specialized in shipping, also followed their clientele. The mothership, and I'm emphasizing this, the mothership of these companies remains in London. As long as, I suppose, there is enough business here. Ladies and gentlemen, we need these shipping companies and trading companies back and many more to enter the London market. The city of London cluster needs them. We also need competition further and innovation in every core subject and in every satellite. The city of London is a unique place. We are totally, all of us, all of us, unique.
It offers solid and deep knowledge, rich professional life, so much great talent, trust, meritocracy, discreet distinction, and magical cultural life. It is the ideal cluster. I live in the Barbican, and I often pass by Athena, the ancient Greek goddess of wisdom, Hermes, the god of commerce, and Themis, not far away from Barbican, the goddess of justice. Yes, the city of London is indeed a great place. Thank you very much. For all further information, please visit www.gresham.ac.uk.